Seeing Beyond is funded by Bonnie Colleen, its advertisers, some of the guests who receive promotional consideration, and by sale of products. Seeing Beyond, Bonnie Colleen, and the owners of this station are not responsible for the opinions or business practices of guests and sponsors. What you hear on Seeing Beyond is not a substitute for professional and medical advice. Seeing Beyond does not recommend a path for anyone to follow, but offers the opportunity for you to explore new ideas. Choose to work with the people and products that support your beliefs. We want always to respect your personal boundaries. Seeing Beyond, I am Bonnie Colleen, your host, and we are so lucky as to have Gary Douglas here today. He's going to be talking about these times, these incredible times of transformation and change and how we can navigate the whitewater. That's right, how we can surf instead of get caught up in the undertow. But first of all, let's hear what our Skywatch astrologer Lance has to say about the uh, energy of the day, and we'll be back, I promise you, Seeing Beyond. This is Skywatch for Wednesday, May 21st. Hold your horses. The moon enters Pisces at 5.18 a.m. and runs into a square with a sun at 6 a.m. Okay. Green lights come on a few minutes later as the Skywatch clears. The only other marker in the heavens today lines up at 6.05 p.m. when the moon meets spacey Neptune in the heavens. A clearing trend begins a few minutes later and... Better days are ahead. If your birthday is this week, May 18th through the 24th, you have a crown jewel in your new solar return, late Taurus and early Gemini birth signs. Lucky Jupiter and favorite sign Cancer makes a fabulous trine to dependable Saturn in its chart of your new year. This marker encourages you to travel, increase your education, and to be on the lookout for new opportunities in the months ahead. This trine is in water signs, which means your gut reactions are very likely to be right on target. Speak up, ask for what you want, Taurus and Gemini. Times change. I'm Lance Ferguson. Welcome back. This is Bonnie Colleen. We've got Gary Douglas, the founder of Access Consciousness, with us. And you can find out more about him and his work on their website, which is that, Access Consciousness. Dot com And Gary and I were just uh, speaking the other day about the fact that access is growing by leaps and bounds. It seems, Gary, first of all, welcome. And then second of all, it seems that there is this kind of exponential growth happening around access consciousness. And by that I mean, you know, it was always growing, but it was growing, you know, kind of at a normal growth rate. And all of a sudden it's just taken off like a rocket ship. How do you explain that? How do you account for that? Welcome. I thank you, Bonnie. I have no clue. I'm <laughs> like stunned. Okay, I have no idea why this is occurring. But we are now in 131 countries, and there are only 191 in the entire world. So it's sort of like, uh, oh my goodness, how did this happen? And I really don't know how it happened. I'm just grateful that it has happened. And I'm looking to, you know, it's like, so what do we have to? You know, what do we have to do to create more change in the world? And I think that part of the reason that it's exponentially changed is because people realize something has to be different. It's quite obvious by the changes that we're getting in the weather around the world, the weather patterns, 
it's quite obvious by all the things that are going on everywhere that something needs to occur different. And nobody's quite sure what it is that needs to occur different, but they know it needs to occur different. So I think people are looking at that and going, okay, where do I find the, this, the, the technique, the system, the, the structure, the whatever it is that's going to change things for me? And that's why I think access is going, because we literally have ways of changing things that, in such a rapid way that people find gigantic change occurring in no time at all. Well, and the other thing, Gary, is I think that you've gotten your ego out of the way and realized that there's no way in this world that even though you founded Access Consciousness, you could do it all by yourself. And so, therefore, you believe in teaching teachers who teach teachers, and so it's growing exponentially. What is that saying, each one teach one? Talk more about that. Well, for me, it's like what I realized is that so much of the time everybody goes, well, it's my stuff. And it's like, I'm sorry, it's like I'm teaching consciousness. Is consciousness mine, or does consciousness belong to all of them? And from my perspective, the only difference between access and a whole bunch of stuff out there is I've just codified what everybody has always known and always had as a point of view that works for them. And I take the, the things that people have been doing well and validate and acknowledge that and show them how to change the things that haven't been working well so a different possibility can show up. And those kind of things make a huge difference in people's lives. I was working with a lady the other day, and she was going, oh, I'm a terrible mother. And I go, okay, really, you're a terrible mother. Let's see, you've got two boys that are not, you know, doing, you know, massive amounts of drugs, and they're not doing massive amounts of alcohol, and they're not being out of control. They're actually going to school and creating possibilities. And, oh, yeah, they're both interested in becoming aware of business and how to function in life so they can have a better life. And they're both under 20. I go, uh, I don't think you're doing too bad, huh? And she went, what? How can I not be doing that? Well, because it's like literally you got to look at what your kids are doing and what they're producing and what's going on to determine how you make things even greater than what they currently are. And that's the thing that I notice about so many people is they don't even acknowledge what they're good at. They assume they're bad because she was divorced and, you know, and, and her kids wanted to go live with, you know, with their father. They did that for about three years, and then they came home because they didn't really want to be there anymore. Why? Oh, yeah, because he was so rigidly against everything they chose. She's not rigidly against what they choose. She's asking them to choose and see what it is you want to create as your life choose and create your life is basically what we function at in every aspect of access. Choose and create. If you choose your life and you create, and every choice creates something, good or bad, but every choice creates, it's like you begin to see that your choice is the source of creation, and all of a sudden you can create your life in a different way. So access really does give people choices. Talk more about that, Gary, because I think so many people feel like they're dead-ended, that they've made their, well, as my mother used to say, you made your bed, now lie in it. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, unfortunately, that was a really bad phrase. But, <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, it's like the thing is, okay, you made a choice, but we, what we try to do is we make a choice of something, and then we try to make it right. I've worked with lots of people who have, you know, like, not great relationships, 
And I said, okay, so, you know, it's like, so why did you stay with this relationship? And they couldn't answer the question. I said, so when did you get out of the relationship? And I worked with one lady, and she'd been married for 16 years. And I said, so when did you actually leave the relationship? And she got this strange look on her face, and I said, what's that? And she goes, I left the relationship six months before I got married. Mm. I said, so why did you marry him? She said, because we'd already sent out the invitations. <laughs> but I said, for $450 worth of invitations, you married a guy and stayed with him for 16 years? Uh, why did you do that? She said, well, I had to prove I made a right choice. Oh. I went, wow. If we spend our lives choosing to make our choices right, instead of realizing a choice is just a choice, and what if we changed it? What would change if we changed it? One of the things I ask people all the time, so if you choose this, what's your life going to be like, not look like, be like in five years? If you don't choose it, what's your life going to be like in five years? And it's like you can't sort of solidify five years. You can't sort of make it into something that looks a particular way. So you actually have to be aware of the energy of it. And it becomes very obvious which one is creating your life and which one is not. And those are the things you have to get to. Which one is creating your life, which is not. And I think so many times our parents, well-meaning though they may have been, and our educational systems have taught us that we have to be right. There is a right answer, and we don't want to make a mistake. And you're much more about experimentation, I would think. Talk more about that. Well, it's not just their experimentation from my point of view. you got to see what your choices create. You know, it's like if you, you know, it's like, if you choose to go out and have sex with somebody, that's one choice. That's just a little choice because it only affects the two of you. But if you choose to marry somebody, that's a big choice. And that affects a lot of other people. So if you are going to make a big choice, you want to see what your life is going to be like in five years before you make those big choices. Little choices, no big deal. Big choices, you've got to know what you're creating by your choice. What's this going to create? What, how is this going to work? What's going to be here in the future? How is everything going to look for me if, you know, how is it going to be for me if I choose this? And it's like I look at my choices and I go, if I choose this, what will my life be like in five years? You know, it's like I chose to move away from California. They kind of got me on state taxes. They kind of killed me with that. So I moved away from California and I moved to Texas. And in moving to Texas, I was able to come up with a place where I could buy a house that I couldn't have afforded in California. And it's like I could have afforded a house in the same value structure, but I could not afford the house that I currently live in because of the size of it. I couldn't buy a house like that in California. There was no way. So it's like everything is about being aware of what you can have, what you can create, what your choice is going to make. But in choosing to move here, I've also met the attorneys, the accountants, and all the people that have made my business work better, which was a huge thing that I was fighting against in California because I lived in Santa Barbara, and it's like it's a small town. So you get small-town referrals, and it's like, and people do not have other than a, you know, a limited point of view about it because they're locally owned and operated. They're locally uh, envisioning 
And what I needed is somebody who was willing to look globally. So it's like I found the people who are willing to look globally. And right now, we're just about to launch Access International, which will be going to all these countries that we go to, because we travel around the world all the time, going to different places and seeing different people and being in different cultures and watching the similarity that all people have, regardless of culture. And it's an amazing, amazing thing. So, Gary, let's come back from our first break and talk more about this choosing to look forward into five years in the future when we're making a decision, because I'm sure that there are people out there saying, yeah, but what about those unforeseen circumstances? What about the twists of faith, uh, fate? What about the vicissitudes of life? So let's come back and talk about that, and then let's share with our listeners also the story of Access Conscious going into a girl's prison and the outcome of the girls learning about raising their consciousness in this way. We've got lots more to talk about, and if you want to find out about Gary Douglas, more about Access Consciousness, how you can take the classes, how you can participate, where he might be in the near future, go to their website, which is accessconsciousness.com. We've got more, I promise you, as we continue to see beyond. I'm Bonnie Colleen. Today we all heard Ioana, president and creator of Ioana Skin Care, talk about her age-regressing products, including her non-surgical lift mask that takes 6 to 10 years off the skin. Ioana is now offering her special spring coupon for a free aloe or cucumber pearl moist with a $39 purchase and a free concealer with the purchase of any two of her mineral makeups. To receive this coupon, call her today at 1-800-366-4617. That's 1-800-366-4617. This coupon is offered at all of her live demonstrations in the Bay Area the next few weeks, including at her demo at her new Ioana Skin Care Beauty Center this Saturday, May 17th in Redwood City at 1 p.m. She's also offering a $10 coupon off of any of her services at her center that includes healing, massage, intuitive, or consultations from Ioana. Ioana will be demonstrating this Sunday, May 18th, at Vitamin Express in San Francisco at 1 p.m., the following Saturday, May 24th, at Health Unlimited in Castro Valley at 1 p.m., Saturday, May 31st, at Apple Health Foods in Redwood City at 12 p.m., Monday, June 9th, at Valley Health Mill in Pleasanton at 12.30 p.m. Call now to reserve your space at 1-800-366-4617. Spaces are still available. Call also for consultations, coupons, to book an appointment for any services at 1-800-366-4617. For more information, log on to yoannaskincare.com. Welcome back. We've got the founder of Access Consciousness. They are in, well, almost every country in the uh, world, uh, just lacking about 60 countries. And uh, I've got a feeling that it won't be long before Access is in even more countries. Gary Douglas is the founder of Access Consciousness, and we're talking about navigating these times such incredible transformation and change. So, Gary, you were saying, too, when you're making a decision to look five years out and say, well, if I make this decision, where would I be in five years? We don't all have a crystal ball. How can we uh, foresee that? What about the uh, vicissitudes of life, as I said earlier, or the twists well, of faith? The, the thing is, if you get that your choices create, 
it's like years ago when I was doing poverty, I had friends who would like work really hard to get their rent together. You know, it's like they worked for two weeks so they could pay their rent. And then they would coast for two weeks until the rent was due again. And it's like, and I looked at that and I thought, that doesn't make sense to me. Why wouldn't you do something slightly different? Why wouldn't you, you know, work more consistently so that your rent was ready when it was time to pay it instead of doing it, you know, like push real hard and then create. And what I began to realize is most people don't plan for the future at all. You know, it's like I have two ex-wives that need a plan for the future. They do everything today. They work everything today. And, uh, and they, you know, it's like, and they're always looking for what they can get, you know, better or different instead of doing what works. So I'm always looking at it and going, okay, you know what? We need to have this occur. We need to have this occur. Can we, you know, it's like, what can we do here to create a possibility for a future? Because if you don't start working towards your future today, when you get to the future, you're not going to have anything. So that's the whole idea of if I choose this, what will I, you know, what will my life be like in the future? Can you see the problems and difficulties? No. But the interesting part is when you make your choices based on future, what begins to occur is you begin to actually have your future show up with less stress, not more. And those vicissitudes and stuff don't seem to have the impact that they had before. And you seem to sort of be prepared somehow for those because your choice has been what's created, what's going to happen anyway. And when you start to see from that place, you start to get a different perspective about how life could be, should be, ought to be, has to be, can be. And the main thing is we need to look at what's really possible that we haven't considered. And it's like, and that's one of the things in Access we always say, you know, ask a question. You know, the world, you know, the universe will do its best to give you an answer to a question. But if you come to a conclusion, then all you can do is have your conclusion, and everything must match that conclusion or that decision or that judgment. So it's like we've got to get to the point where we're willing to ask greater questions and have more as a future. The other part of it for me is if we don't start looking at what's this going to create in the future, then we're going to get to the future, and there's not going to be a planet for us to live on. So how do we go from each individual looking five years out to getting the governments to look five years out, getting the scientists to look five years out, getting people to really make the changes that we need so that we can have a viable planet? Well, there's lots of things we can do, and one of the things that we've done is to try and challenge the status quo by doing some of the things that we do. And one of the things that we did is we've taken, you know, access has been taken by some of our, you know, our practitioners into the prison. And we've done this, you know, thing of going to the prisons and doing processing and stuff on these people, doing the bars, teaching them how to do the bars. And it's like the, the prison guards say, it's amazing. We're having less violence. Cool. They're saying, and the prisoners are saying, they're sleeping better. And the prisoners, came, you know, came away going, we have hope. There was one, uh, we went into a youth prison in South America, and we just got the information a couple of days ago that None of the kids that were in that prison at the time who learned how to do bars and learned about access have returned to prison 
which is a stat that does not exist. People who do not return. You know, in Australia, they were talking about, we, we were in the prison there, and the one thing that we were told is that they release people on a Friday night, and 90% of them are back in by Monday, because they don't release them with a place to go, they don't release them with any money, nor do they release them with a sense of hope or possibility. These guys came away with a sense of hope and possibility, and now a lot of them are actually starting to create some lives. And those questions, uh, if I choose this, what's my life going to be like in five years? If you choose to do something that's going to send you to prison, do you think you might be aware of it? I think you are. I think most people are. And it's like, and if you do that and you go, <clears throat> you just go, okay, so what am I aware of here? It's like, so I'm not going to choose this because this is not going to be a light and airy thing. This is not going to expand my universe. This is going to contract my universe. And you can feel the difference between the contraction and the expansion when you ask that question. What's my life going to be like in five years if I choose it? And it's really quite amazing. And literally, these guys that were in prison are not apparently choosing to do that. And that's one of the questions we gave them to use about how to create their lives. Because nobody teaches us how to create our lives in this reality at all. They say, do this, get it right, you know. Plug yourself into this routine, do this routine, and then everything will be fine. But that doesn't seem to work for a whole lot of people. But awareness is something we all have available to us if we choose it, and we need to start looking at how we choose that. So you talked about the fact that people from Access went into a prison in South America. The prisoners, because of working with these practitioners and using something which you call the BARS, were not re, uh, returning to prison. They were actually making a good life for themselves, and this is a real first. This is a real victory. This is a real pioneering effort. What are the bars, and how in the world do they work such miracles? The bars are 32 different points. They're basically like our computer bank, and mm-hmm. we store all the thoughts, ideas, beliefs, emotions, and attitudes we've ever had in any lifetime. We store those. And then when something comes up that's like them, they activate, and then we go back to remembering, quote-unquote, what the past was. The thing about doing the bars is it's a discharging of the electrical component of thought, so you're basically defragging your computer. You're hitting delete file. And so what happens is you get changes, and you're not even sure what the changes are, but you find yourself not functioning the same anymore. I know for me in one class I did, I had been pigeon-toed my whole life, and I had this lady who was like, she was probably the craziest person who ever came to access. And so I said, okay, so what am I going to do here? Because nobody would work with her. So I let her work on me. And at the end of an hour and a half of her running my bars, I got up off the table, and I'm walking down to the bathroom, and I'm looking at this, I'm going, what the heck is this? And I realized that my feet were duck feet now, and I have never gone back to being pigeon-toed since. How is that possible? I don't know. But basically, our points of view create our reality. So if we erase our points of view, we change reality. And that's really cool, and that was one of the things that happened for me personally. It's like I've never gone back to being pigeon-toed. You know, and I've actually, been 
Right, and science, Gary, is proving this because, for example, they've done studies on people with multiple personalities, and what they've seen is that somebody can have diabetes when he is Bob, but when he's Jim, he doesn't have diabetes anymore. So he's in the same body, he's in the same exact setting, but uh, with one personality, he has the diabetes with another personality he doesn't. Now, that's something that is scientifically provable. All they have to do is take a glucose test. So this is very fascinating. I mean, when we really take a look at this, it shows how absolutely powerful we are if we know what to do to get to the clearing point so that we can really truly make our decisions and ask the right questions. Exactly, and that's that's what we, you know, it's like the... The, you know, it's like the tagline of access, empowering people to know that they know. Because it's like each of us know things, and we don't know how we know them, a lot of them. I mean, the idiot savants who can, you know, like play a piano dynamically at four. The people who are great artists and they have no training. The people who are great photographers and they had no training. And, the, you know, it's like we, we have all these things that people do magnificent capacities with that we have no way of explaining how they have that and why can't we access those things and that's one of the reasons we call it access because we want you to access those places in you where the brilliance of you shows up and works it just is it's not something that you have to struggle with it's not something you have to have a problem with it's something you get to choose and I know that, uh, you know, we've had some people who came that were artists came to access. And what we noticed is after doing some of the basic pro- the basic classes, the Foundation 1, 2, and 3, that they literally, um, their artwork changed dynamically. It went from dark and unhappy to brilliant and amazing. It went from unsellable to sellable. And it's like, wow. That's cool. And I love seeing that kind of thing happen for each and every person that comes. I see them changing and getting different possibilities and creating more all the time. And it's like, wow, this is the way it should be in the world. This is what should be happening. There should be this place where everything comes together the way we know it's possible. I mean, as a kid, you knew everything should be easy, didn't you? Yeah. I'll tell you, that was certainly not what I was taught in my family of origin. I was taught that you had to work very, very hard, and then if you were lucky, you might get part of it, but you certainly weren't going to get all of it. Uh, One of the things that my father used to say to me and the other kids all the time, mostly to me, though, because I was the oldest and the haughtiest, you might say, uh, he used to say, Bonnie, get off your high horse. I said that on the air one day, and I got a letter from, this is before email, that's how long I've been on the air, I got a letter, a little note from one of my Seeing Beyond listeners, and she said, Bonnie, I hope you never get off your high horse. So we're very carefully taught to put the lid on, to limit ourselves. How does access help us to mm, get rid of those mm, prisons that are encompassing us? Well, when you get your bars run, what you'll notice is for three and a half weeks after you have one bar session, it's like you won't react the same way to situations that are like what you had in the past. you go, wow, I would have done that different in the past. And that's primarily what you notice. It's not that you just, like, you are different. 
well, you are different in the sense that you're more you. But it's not that we teach you how to, you know, talk different or any of that kind of stuff. Although there are people who come back and take up what they call access speak, which I hate. You know, talk like a human being. Don't talk like a robot. And it's, you know, it's like they, the thing is that what you do is you find yourself being everything you are in a more dynamic way. And it always amazes me because what people say, oh, well, I can see that this is, this is good because, you know, it's like my family are easier to get along with now. I said, they're easier to get along with? Or are you easier to get along with? Yeah. They look at it and they go, oh, wow, I'm easier to get along with. So it's like, you know, you talked about your family being judgmental. Well, you're judgmental too. And it's like, of course, we probably all are because, like you say, we're carefully taught right. to judge everything. Gary, we're also taught that if we just have the willpower to do it, then it will happen. I want to come back and talk about willpower. Does it really work? And if it doesn't, what does access put in its place? Or how does access um, deal with, um, say, habit control or changing something? Uh, We'll come back and talk more about that. Gary Douglas is the founder of Access Consciousness. You want to know what he's up to? You want to know what Access is up to? Go to their website, accessconsciousness.com. Of course, that is linked right there on the calendar section of the homepage of our Seeing Beyond website. We'll be back, I promise you, Seeing Beyond. Big announcement, Seeing Beyond listeners, health journalist Bill Sardi and health warrior Dave Stouter invite you to listen to Have a Heart Health Radio every Sunday morning at 11 on Talk 910. When it comes to drug-free, common-sense approaches to health, everybody wants to hear what these two guys have to say. Now everybody can, so spread the word. Tune in to Have a Heart Health Radio every Sunday morning at 11 on Talk 910. Again, that's Sunday mornings at 11 on Talk 910. I'm Melody Beattie, author of Codependent No More. Seven times more Americans have hepatitis C than AIDS. I'm one of them. If you're one of the millions of Americans with hepatitis C and your doctors are treating you with interferon, then you're clearly aware of how your life has been turned horribly upside down. Backed by huge pharmaceutical monies, the medical community swears there's only one dangerous, disabling way to battle this silent killer. It's not true. There are alternatives, and they work. Triumph Over Hepatitis C is a book written by best-selling author Lloyd Wright, who fully recovered from this frightening disease. Lloyd is helping others to take charge of their lives and fight for their body's freedom from this crippling illness. His program is working for me. Call the people at Hepatitis C Free now at 866-HEP-C-FREE. That's 866-HEP-C-FREE. Don't become another medical statistic. Find out the truth about Hepatitis C and get your life back. And here's some great news. Lloyd Wright wants to help educate the public by offering you Seeing Beyond listeners free, yes, I did say free, copies of his two books on Hep C, Hep C Free and Hep C, A Do-It-Yourself Guide for Health, both absolutely free to Seeing Beyond listeners. Even the phone call is free. Call Lloyd Wright at 1-866-HEP-C-FREE. That's 1-866-HEP-C-FREE. We're back with the founder of Access Consciousness, and his name is Gary Douglas. He is a frequent guest on Seeing Beyond, and uh, the good news is that Access is in so many countries in the world. 
Gary Douglas does a lot of traveling, and it's just a great pleasure to have him here with us. I want to talk a little bit about willpower, Gary, because so many of us have been taught that if we just set our goals and have willpower, it will work out. How does Access Consciousness look at willpower? Well, first of all, it's like we have the point of view that it's a free will universe and you should have all choices. So which is greater, your willpower or your choice? Uh, It's like when you make a choice and you ask a question, you actually ask the universe to contribute to you. And it's like most of us do not get that by our questions, by our choices, we create a possibility that doesn't exist any other way or any other place. We've got to get what we're creating and why we're creating it. What would we like things to be that it is not? What would we like things to be that it is? And it's like willpower is the idea that we have something to overcome. And unfortunately, when you have the idea that you have something to overcome, then you've already made a decision that there's something to overcome, which means you have to do what? Overcome. What if we were not overcoming anything? What if we were creating everything? And it's like that's the difference. We don't try to use willpower. We try to get you to see where your choices are creating. Everything that you have to overcome is a point of view you took at some time, and that's what you're trying to overcome is your point of view. It's like willpower is the idea that there are obstacles to overcome. We always say in access, it's like you can be less aware and then you have lessons to learn. Or you can be more aware and be a moron. <laughs> you know, not like that one. Not it's like, like that one, you, too. My grandmother used to say, diet, 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 and they're all still fat. So it yeah. uh, sounds to me like a willpower does not work with dieting, and uh, we'll just use that as one example. Uh, how does access look at uh, mm, weight loss? How does access help somebody who maybe has even been obese most of their life to lose the weight and become healthier? Well, what we, you know, first of all, we don't function on, on trying to create health because health is a byproduct of your point of view. Mm-hmm. Like one of the things we, it's like I originally thought that I had to get people to get healthy in order to get them to be conscious. But what I noticed that was odd is when they became more conscious, they became more healthy. And I went, what? How did that happen? And they became psychologically more healthy as well as when they started creating and started choosing. And it's like you got to be willing to have that strange thing that causes you to change your reality which changes your body and changes everything else. Um, with, you know, we have a book called, you know, Right Body for You. And it's, there's a wonderful lady who's, her name is Danielle Carter. She was a size 18. She's down to a size 8. How did she lose the weight? By eating what her body told her, by listening to her body. And her body would say, you know, M&Ms one day and then vegetables the next. And she just started listening to what her body told her, and her body slimmed down as a result of it. And she has become happier and greater, and she's more willing to show her body. And she goes around the world delivering classes on how to find the right body for you. And it's not that all of us need to be skinny and all of us need to look alike and all of us need to have a certain thing. It's all of us need to get what our bodies would like to be like and look like. Because your body chooses what it wants to look like and be like if 
you don't come to the conclusion about what it's supposed to look like or be like. When you conclude what it's supposed to look like or be like, you automatically set in motion all the judgments, and that's what shows up. It's like when you look through your litany of judgment at your body, you know, you go, oh, my God, I'm so fat, you put more weight on If you go, I mean, one of the things I told people to do is say, I don't want to be skinny anymore. And they have lost weight by saying that 10 times in the morning and 10 times in the evening. I don't want to be skinny anymore because they're saying I don't lack of being skinny. Because the word want means to lack. And there's so many words that we have incorrect definitions of in this, you know, in our reality here. But you've got to be willing to see that place where there's a different possibility. How do you create that? How do you choose that? By asking questions. As you ask questions, more possibilities occur. So let me just so give you real- let me give you an example of something that's just kind of come into my mind's eye right now. Uh, let's say that there is a scene beyond listener out there right now, and I'm not saying there is because I don't know. I'm just uh, extrapolating here and trying to give our people a, an example of what you're talking about, Gary. So let's say there is a scene beyond listener out there right now. Um, I'll just say it's a single mom. First of all, it came in as a guy, but now I'm saying it's a single mom, has three kids at home, she's on her way to work, stuck in traffic, has a lot on her mind. Luckily, the kids are off to school, and she's going, okay, I like what you're saying, but how in the world am I going to change things? I've got all this responsibility. I can't just take off and go back to school, or I can't just take off and... um, leave my job and try to find something better or something that I like more. I've got too much responsibility. What would you say to that person? I'd say start, you know, start running a few processes. And we have all kinds of free videos and stuff on our websites for people who have, you know, who have difficulties, who can't, you know, you know, are single moms. We have a, we had a woman who had six kids, single mom, and she started working for us part time. Because she couldn't, you know, she couldn't figure out what to do to change her life. And so we're sitting there going, okay, so why don't you ask this question? What else is possible? And how does it get any better than this? And what energy, space, and consciousness can I be to change all of this with total ease? And she, you know, she'd had a terrible relationship with an abusive man. And she didn't think she was ever going to be able to have a relationship again. And having six kids, who the hell wants a woman with six kids? And she actually ended up, she did a bunch of classes with us. She did this stuff. She did some work for us. And she now has a man. She's now cut down to working one, you know, one day a week. And she's living with a man who took on her and her six kids. And he loves her, and he loves the kids, and they're having a great relationship. And all of that came from asking, how does it get any better than this? You've just got to keep asking questions. If you ask the question, the universe will do what it can to provide you, to provide for us. But we don't trust ourselves, and we definitely don't trust the universe. You have to have trust in yourself. And that's not an easy one to get, I get. But you got to look at the times when you... You know, you knew you shouldn't do something, and you did it anyway. Because when you knew you shouldn't do something, you did it anyway. You actually realized afterwards that it didn't work, and you went, oh, my God, I'm terrible. 
No, you're not terrible. What you are is somebody who's not acknowledging what they're good at. It's like you knew you shouldn't do it. You did it, and it didn't work out. Why didn't it work out? Because it didn't. So can you it's give like us an example, an Gary, of somebody... that you knew. Gary, trust can, you, you. can you give us an example of somebody who is famous, either living or dead, who you think has lived by that, and that's why they are so successful, so well-known, so such a pioneer in whatever they their field is? Well, I mean, if you look at somebody like Steve Jobs, okay? Yeah. He was a pioneer. He was amazing. Why? Because he was willing to spend a million dollars on trying to create something, only to realize that it didn't work and kill it and waste a million dollars and create something greater. Why would he create something? Why would he give up all the money he spent? It's like that was an example of a man who, rather than sticking with, well, I've already spent this money, so i got to prove I was right to spend this money, you go, this isn't working, we're done. This is working, we're done, is a whole different universe. And that's, you know, that's a man who became rich and became famous because he was willing to change. And change is the gift we all have, and it's not the gift that most of us use. I love the fact that pretty much I can throw any question at you, Gary, and you're able to immediately come up with something that really rings true. How do you account for that? Because I spend my life using four basic questions. What is this? What do I do with it? Can I change it? And if so, how do I change it? Those are the four basic questions I use all day, every day. And it's like, so I'm always looking at, okay, what is this? And as a result, I become very clear about what something is. I don't have to make myself wrong or right or anything else in relationship to what's going on. I get to look at it. Okay, what's this? And when you ask that pragmatic question of what is this, ultimately what happens is you begin to see the truth of what is. And therefore, it's like you look at something and you go, oh, that's what that is. And it's like people talked about Mother Teresa as this kind, caring person. I said, no, she wasn't. She was hell on wheels. The woman demanded of people that they learn how to take care of themselves. She didn't give charity. She gave empowerment. She would force them to learn a job or she would kick them out. And it's like what we do is we take care of the crippled and the weak, thinking that's being good. She didn't have that point of view. She had the point of view of, I will not take care of the weak and pale. I will teach the weak and the pale how to create a life. And that's what she did. And it's like, that's, you know, she became, you know, famous as this humanitarian. But it wasn't humanitarianism from a weak point of view. It was, you know, it was humanitarian from the point of view of, I will teach these people how to take care of themselves. And if we all came from that point of view, instead of trying to save the children, if we were all going, how do we empower the children to get more and be more and have more, we'd have a different world. So, Gary, let's come back and talk about the difference between humans and humanoids. It sounds to me like both Mother Teresa and Steve Jobs are humanoids, but I want to get your opinion of that. And I've got another famous person that's coming into my mind's eye that I want to talk about and find out your opinion of him. Is he a human or a humanoid? Of course, we'll define our terms first. 
Uh, we've got a couple of minutes before we need to go to this break. So why don't you let our listeners know what they will get when they go to Access Consciousness, because it really is a university in a way. Well, it's like we call it the College for Expanded Awareness and Consciousness. And we actually do everything we can to give you that awareness you already have. Because it's like I've watched, I've watched all kinds of people. I've dealt with thousands of people that were invalidated in school, were you know, told that they were not living up to their potential. Boy, did that one make me angry. And they would, you know, and they would be told that they're not doing a good enough job, and they were told that they couldn't know that, and they were told they were stupid. And it's like, you know what? Nobody's stupid. The only stupidity in the world is not asking a question. Everything else becomes possible when you ask a question. So for me, it's like I see these people, and I see this happening, and I want to undo that lie. So it's like I'm always looking for how can we undo the lies of what people have been told is so that actually isn't. What actually might be possible that we have not yet considered. Let's come back and talk about the difference between a human and a humanoid. And I've got a feeling there's something about possibilities entwined with all of that. I'm glad you're with us. I'm Bonnie Colleen, and you are seeing Beyond. Big announcement seeing beyond listeners, health journalist Bill Sardi and health warrior Dave Stouter invite you to listen to Have a Heart Health Radio every Sunday morning at 11 on Talk 910. When it comes to drug-free, common-sense approaches to health, everybody wants to hear what these two guys have to say. Now everybody can, so spread the word. Tune in to Have a Heart Health Radio every Sunday morning at 11 on Talk 910. Again, that's Sunday mornings at 11 on Talk 910. Halpern's Grammy-nominated Deep Alpha can enhance your meditations, reduce stress, and support healing just by listening. Available at iTunes, Amazon, and at stephenhalpern.com. Back with Gary Douglas, founder of AccessConsciousness.com. The link to their website, AccessConsciousness.com, is right there on the calendar section of the homepage of our Seeing Beyond website. So, Gary, what's the difference between a human and a humanoid? Well, a human is somebody who judges everybody else and tells them how wrong they are. A humanoid is somebody who tells themselves how wrong they are all the time. You know, it's like, and the thing about humanoids is, they look the same, humans and humanoids, they look the same, they act the same, they eat the same, but they don't function the same. You know, it's like humanoids create all the great art, the great literature, and the great possibility. Humanoids are the ones who are always trying to find a solution. Uh, a lady told me the other day about a nephew of hers who went to war because he didn't know how to find his humanoid capacity. And 
you know, it's like, and he ended up getting killed. So it's like these things, these things are what happen because it's like the thing about a humanoid is they always think there must be something wrong with them, but they can't find happiness, you know, sitting on the couch in the living room, swilling beer and changing channels. It's not enough for them. If you're a person who feels like there's not enough, if you're a person who takes medicines and they don't work the way they're supposed to work, if you're a person who, uh, you know, is always looking, you know, you go do a job and you figure out in three weeks to three days how to make it better and easier and how to create more possibility with it, and everybody says, no, you can't do that, you're a humanoid. It's, it's one of the hardest things for humanoids is that they always know what's going to be easier and better. And they are always aware of what's going to work better. But the humans always tell them, don't do that. If you're a person who has been told, stop working so fast, you're making me look bad, <laughs> you're a humanoid. If you're listening to Bonnie Colleen, you're probably a humanoid. <laughs> it's like people who are searching and seeking a different possibility are the humanoids. Humans always think they got the right answer. And they will always stay the same, and they see no reason to change. You know, the only thing they're willing to change is their underwear, and only because their mother told them they had to. That's about <laughs> right, it. So how do, can one become a humanoid, or are we just born that way? We either are or we aren't. We either are or you aren't. And it's like the thing is that we always want to see that somebody is going to become more of a humanoid. You want to see that people are going to change. It's like if you're a person who believes that you can love somebody enough to make them change, you're a humanoid. If you love somebody who doesn't change, they're probably a human. But we do this all the time, and we always look We always look at the best in people. And we always think the best is what's going to show up, which isn't necessarily so. Because we're not asking a question, will this show up? You know, it's like you meet somebody, you fall in love, and for, you know, a few months they're just this really great person, and then they start to become somebody else. Why do they become somebody else? Because they become somebody else because what they really want to do is they want to control everything in life, and they want everything to stop. They're not interested in greater. They're only interested in it being the same. So you know, it's like if you're somebody who's always wanting to change your furniture around, or if you're somebody who has stacks of paper everywhere, and you always know where everything is, but you never seem to be willing to file it, you're a humanoid. <laughs> well, you should look at where I'm sitting right now. Stacks of paper all over the place. So I guess... Uh, that is one of the factors that uh, I could say, yeah, I've always kind of felt every time I've talked with you about the humans and the humanoids that I'm a humanoid. So uh, I guess you are. Yeah, I guess that's one more indication that I probably am. All right. So I said I would bring up a person that is famous. I mean, so famous that there is not one person listening to this program who won't know who this person is. So I'm going to give this person's name and then you tell us whether this person is a human. Well, person's dead, whether this person was a human or a humanoid, and give your reasons for that, Gary. So the person that came to me, I don't know, just out of the ethers, is Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln was definitely a humanoid. He definitely wanted to believe, he believed in change, he believed in possibility, and he believed in creating a better world. It's like, that's what humanoids do. They want to create a better world. They don't, you know, it's like, and his legacy lived, lived on the af, you know, after him. And it's like the, you know, it's like he saw that, you know, it's like, did he believe in the equality of the black man? We don't know. But we know he knew is what was needed to change what was going on in 
the nation. In order to change the nation, he knew that there had to be no slavery. He did believe in freedom, and he didn't believe that there should be slaves. Did he believe in the equality of the races? We don't know. There's nothing that indicates one way or the other. It's like, is there equality in the races? Well, you know, everybody says, equality among all men. Okay, drop their pants and see if they're equal. <laughs> you, know? you know, it's like, no two people are created equal. Each person is created as what they are as who they are, and they create themselves from there. I've met great people of all races, colors, and creeds, and I've met shit people in all races, colors, and creeds. So it's like, it's not about, you know, one is greater than another. It's about we got to look at what is actually occurring here. Who are we dealing with? Who is here? What is possible? What actually is going to create and what is not? And that's the thing that's most important is to see what can get created if we're willing to see the greater possibility. We have to be willing to see that. Gary, so much has changed since I first started interviewing you. Uh, So much has changed since I started seeing beyond 25 years ago. I mean, it used to be that we would uh, type up a contract or maybe even handwrite it and send it out in the snail mail. Now we can send out a contract within literally seconds or milliseconds via email. And one of the great things that has come is a way of communicating via websites. What will our Seeing Beyond listeners get when they go to accessconsciousness.com? And what are some of the things there that are attractive to people and, and, uh, and, and interactive so that they can begin learning access right away? Well, I wish I could answer that, but I'm really crap at, at uh, Internet stuff, so I don't have a good answer for that one. And everybody tells me it's cool, and everybody <laughs> tells me they find amazing stuff on our website, and we're also redoing the whole thing. We're, uh, you know, it's like we're in the process. We're probably 45 days away from having a major overhaul of our system right now. We're in the process of building the underpinnings of it, and we're going to move forward with that. And we'll see what happens from here. But it's definitely, it's definitely changing and things are getting easier. And there's some amazing, there's some amazingly great, uh, free videos and stuff. And you can go to drdane.com and, uh, he has videos and we have videos on the access website. And we have everything from stuff about relationship to sex to, uh, kids to, business to, I mean, it's like we cover the gamut. There is pretty much not a subject. And we also cover the, you know, the X-Men, as we call them, the kids that are, you know, the kids that are the the disabled, as they call them, the kids that have ADD, ADHD, OCD, and autism. And we have some people who are doing that. We have a wonderful lady named Ann Miller, who's and her cohorts, Simone Padur and Viva Diaz, who are doing stuff on adults who are di- you know, undiagnosed with this stuff, and kids and how to deal with them, and schools. And like Simone is a teacher, and she uses access and teaching, and Anne is a play therapist, and she uses access and helping people. Anne told a story recently which just broke my heart. It was a little girl and her grandmother who came to see her, and the grandmother said, I can't get her out of my bed. She's stuck to me. And she's asking me this question that I don't know how to answer. And the question was, how did my mommy die? Now, this is a five-year-old girl who's going to kindergarten, and her mother had been killed by her boyfriend. And she needed to tell 
the other students wanted to know how her mommy died. And she says, I don't know what to tell him, Gamma. And so I said, okay, so it's like, what are you going to tell her? She says, I don't know. I said, why don't you ask her to ask the kid what she knows? So she asked the kid what she knew, and the kid described in minute detail exactly how many times her mother had been stabbed and how she'd been killed. And her grandmother said, how do you know that? Because, Gamma, he told me he was going to do that to me and to the dog and to mommy. And two months before this man did it, this woman gave her kid to her mother. One month before he did it, the dog ran away. The mother was killed. But right after this kid acknowledging what she knew, he moved into her own room. Gary, I love your stories. I love having you on, seeing beyond. Thank you so much for having been here. The Access Consciousness website is that, accessconsciousness.com. You will learn lots there. Go to accessconsciousness.com. I'm glad you're with us. I'm Bonnie Colleen, and you are seeing beyond.